1: I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our
0: life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the...
2: A third of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder
0: hello everybody and welcome to August movies music and gaming and here today with me is Daniel. Hello
1: hello it's me and hello all you odd
0: listeners. Hope you're well. The oddballs, Dan. I want you to close (laughs) close your eyes and imagine a world where technology is part of your everyday life. Wow! Where you can't exist without having something strapped to your body, where you slowly feel like you're turning into a machine. No, this isn't a new wearable by Apple. This is Tetsuo slash the Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. And it's not Ted Hughes. (laughs) It's in fact, and let me see if I can pronounce this right, Shinya Tsukamoto's uh, film, first film, I believe, first feature length film, um, Tetsuo, which was released in 1989. And it was an extremely low budget, arty, black and white, Body horror. Um, some people call it cyberpunk, which I'm not sure about. We can kind mm-hmm. of get into that actually. Um, movie about essentially a couple of guys getting freaky with metal. <laughs> <laughs> very freaky, very freaky indeed. Um, so yeah, for people that don't know, it is truly an oddity. I think it's uh, it rightfully belongs as as part of the Oddcast lineup. Um, so just a, a little bit of background on the actual plot, because it's not that apparent. And it actually, um, apparently when it was, um, screened at festivals, because it was made on such a low budget, which we can actually get into later, um, they couldn't subtitle it. <laughs> so Why? a lot of the people who were first watching this, they didn't have the money to subtitle it. <sighs> so a lot of people were just watching it not understanding anything that's being said and it still made that kind of impression. I think that's fine. Like it's still kind of, it's kind yeah. of like arty enough. Oh, I yeah. The word, arty, but it's where you can, you don't, it could be another language. Well, it is another language, but as in you don't need to understand. You don't need the um, dialogue. Exactly. To know kind of what's going on.
1: That was my, um, kind of one of my takeaways, actually, before you go into the the plot. Mm. I was watching it thinking, um... The plot is secondary here, and really it's an experience, isn't it? It's about visuals that I think explore some sort of, well, we'll go into that a bit deeper, but some sort of like fear or phobia of technology um, and some uh, sexual disgust. Um, Mm. And you don't really need to probe or inquire into the plot to really take away that message. Um, and yeah, at the same time, there is a plot, there is a distinctive plot. And it's quite fun sort of like seeing mm. that unfold and like trying to decode it to a degree.
0: Yeah. And there's still a lot of stuff in it that's up for interpretation, but let's just, I'll just give a kind of loose overview, um, as much as I understood it and read up about it anyway. But basically it's about a guy who I think is titled like the fetishist or something, um, within the actual character names. Ah. Um, who starts sticking stuff into... He basically... We see him stick a pipe into his leg. That's how the film opens, which is pretty cool. And then... And it's a really gruesome, horrible shot as well. Yeah. Um, and it he, he gets infected, and he runs out, and he basically gets hit by a car. And then it cuts to this couple, or this salaryman, as they're called. Apparently that's a that's a Japanese term, the salaryman as well, who... Um, Uh, is basically kind of trying to get about his day. And we'll go into the details of this. Um, And he starts turning into metal, basically. He starts having all these metal bits. And then you realise that the guy from the beginning who got hit by the car is somehow having this kind of like power where he's um, able to get revenge on this guy and his wife, who you find out later down the line, were the ones that hit him with the car, dumped his body and then proceeded to have sex while staring at his lifeless corpse, which I guess was still semi-alive or whatever, um, on the ground. And then So it's kind of like a revenge thing, but then mm. it ends up with them two basically coming together and falling in love <laughs> and then seeing a new, uh, putting in a new world or whatever. They talk about how we're going to take over the world and, and they develop into this big hulk of metal that kind of roams the streets of japan um and that's basically the film but there's loads and loads of cool stuff happens within that um dan because i i don't you hadn't seen this before right i had seen it once before uh, oh had you right
1: probably around 20 years ago um Mm -hmm. in your bedroom no really yeah i didn't Uh, realize we'd seen it together yeah i think this was a favorite of yours for mm-hmm. quite a long time right because yeah i always remember you going on about it and we definitely watched it together and i mean i think i think i liked it at the time it probably didn't make that much of an impression on me because i haven't really given it a, another thought in the ensuing 20 years yeah um but i think i probably got a little bit more out of it watching it this time around
0: but it's pretty much as i remembered it yeah yeah and i think um it's got its own certain style. <laughs> Um, it's just fucking cool. Like, so, like, why is it cool? So, a lot of it, it's all black and white, and the reason why it's kind of black and white isn't just a stylistic thing, but also because all the metal shit, basically, that's all over them, um, apparently was, like, literally, like, sellotaped on at some (laughs) points. So, instead of doing it colour and it being looking tacky, they played the fact that it's black and white, and so all that kind of grey... And black and white obviously plays into the fact that it's very metal and silvery. And it, it plays with, um, it just looks a lot better. It looks literally yeah. like um, like chunks of, because it's all different weird kind of metals because you've got, they use like a foil and then it, sometimes it's a bit liquidy. Sometimes it's just this massive stuff and wires and whatever. Sometimes um, it looks a
1: bit like mollusks and stuff growing on their hands as well, which is quite strange, mm-hmm.
0: like coral or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's true, yeah. It's like, yeah, like it's infected. um, Like some kind of growth.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it looks Mm. quite organic as opposed to just metal. Mm. Which is even Um, more sort of like disgusting in a way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And also like one cool thing which always stands out when people watch it is a lot of it's like stop motion. Oh, that's
1: Um, brilliant.
0: Yeah, which is really cool. It's got a lot of like... Well, like flash imagery, like a lot of random cuts and bits, and it's like it is body horror, like because part, as it's kind of going on, it's like this painful, horrible ordeal for these people as they're like like molding into this like like metal slash human being, yeah. Um, and it just looks great to watch, and it's all like very yeah, industrial. The music is very proper industrial, like, yeah. In your <laughs> so face, like the early Ramstein or something. Yeah. <laughs> like proper, like, you know, like we talk about with Depeche Mode actually and all that stuff. Like yeah. it's got this kind of um pistoned kind of sounding stuff. It's all really um like sweaty. Like there's a wetness to it as well. Like everyone's like feverish. And it is literally nightmare fuel. It feels like one big nightmare. And there's actually sequences in it that are supposed to be nightmares, I guess. Like they wake up yeah. and things like that. Um one thing it's about super that fast.
1: Mm. that, like, yes, uh, so you know. sweaty grime that you mentioned. Mm. Um, that's the thing. It's like, even though it's, like, black and white and machinery, it's very... It feels very dirty, like that initial scene yes, of yeah. where he's inserting the rod. You can mm. feel, like, the, the grime and the grit in there. It just feels, like, so vile. Yeah. Um, the other thing about the black and white, I thought, it gives it a sort of, like gritty almost snuff movie like feel Mm -hmm. it makes it feel almost like something you've discovered under the counter somewhere something illegitimate
0: yeah definitely yeah it's like dirt it's like proper dirty and horrible you're watching something you shouldn't be watching (laughs) yeah but it's true though um it's mad it's uh crazy um like it's kind of like, because it's only like 70 minutes or something. I don't even think, it's not 90 minutes. I don't think it's quite relatively short. Um, It feels like a music video, like a really cool one. There's loads of sequences within it where I was just like, you could put, and I think we used it for one of our songs. I think I might have um, stuck some Tetsuo stuff over one of our sales Mm -hmm. tracks. But um, yeah, just having any kind of music over it, it just looks, I don't know, it's like, I want to say like, uh, like Nine Inch Nails, also like those early kind of tall, um, music videos. I know uh, what you mean. That yeah, because it's like slightly animated. If you know what I mean. Um, That's it.
1: It's that stop motion stuff where people are moving, and it it's a really arresting sort of effect, and it makes everything feel very frenetic and obviously very mm. like, jerky, um, which is just a really cool visual. And then when you've got the music on top of that, you can see mm. yeah, that feels like it was quite influential of some of the stuff that came in the mid nineties.
0: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely like a, like, apparently um, Sukumoto is a big fan of Cronenberg. So the body horror stuff, he doesn't shy away from that, which is, which is cool. Um, it's very head. Like Eraserhead had an industrial feel to it yeah. as well. Um, that was my was First thought, like
1: that. first scene, and especially when you see someone and you're not aware at that point, like someone's working away somewhere behind all these wires and things and obviously later it becomes uh the uh fetishist if you as you call him that really mm-hmm. reminded me of some of the opening scenes with razorhead where you see someone just like working away somewhere removed from most of the main
0: action yeah well, you've got the man in the moon or whatever he's called the yeah it's that. that weird like growth um on his face or something i can't remember now but yeah it's like yeah you're kind of right you're straight in basically um Yeah. And also like, yeah, as you were saying like the metal, like when people would see like, I was like the Iron Man or like yeah, man combining with a machine and stuff. It's not like, it's not like Terminators or, you know, fucking Wally rope, iPod robots or whatever. (laughs) Things that like, it's as you said, it is like dirty, greasy, gritty, horrible, like, you know, bottom of the factory kind of metal. um, And all this is like pipes and, um, rusty and all this stuff—it just feels disgusting and horrible. And by the end, they look like
1: they look like characters from like a Clive Barker, like Nightbreed or um, mm-hmm. Pinhead or something. You know, they don't look like cool robots. They—they they look like they're suffering, and they're just like part of an amorphous mass, like yeah. someone's face coming out of what would you'd assume is somebody else's arse or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's only um, used to say Clive Barker, because like the whole thing with Hellraiser as well is like the thin line between pain and pleasure. Um And this is kind of part of that as well. Like, and we'll kind yeah. of go into those kind of kinky, <laughs> kinky <laughs> aspects of it, I guess. So um yeah, should we take a bit of a break and then we can kind of, I think let's go into the kind of sequence of events of stuff that happens in the film. um Because... You can kind of split it up quite nicely, I think, in terms of what happens. And then, yeah, we can get to a little bit deeper into the world of the Iron Man. I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. <laughs> That I was playing the whole time whilst they were making this. Do you know the story yeah. about like how this was um, made mm-hmm. or anything no, about I it? I know. I mean I was just... Let's, um, I'll, I'll kind of briefly, uh, it was basically filmed across 18 months and apparently everyone fell out and like everyone left every day. The, everyone was staying apparently in the same place apart from the main actor guy yeah. um, who kind of came and went but crew members apparently were just dropping out like flies. Why? Because like the, work, the working conditions were just so horrible. Um, and obviously they were getting, like, fucking piss for it as well.
1: Is it normal uh, for an indie film
0: it... like that to take 18 months?
1: Because I imagine they would have done it over the course of, like, a week.
0: No. You think with that stop motion, that would have taken loads of time.
1: Yeah. But that's all post-production,
0: so, isn't it? Well, it's not. It's not in the edit. You still need to film it. So, yeah, it still would have taken, they still would have had to light it and get it all together, whatever, and all this stuff. Um, so, so, I can wow. see something like that taking 18 months. But yeah, you think of like, you know, a razor head took like years, didn't it? It's like three three years or something stupid. Yeah. Um, wow. So, it's like a real labor of love. Every of other the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he'd done a couple of shorts, one of which I think was similar to this generally. Um, but the the camera work was basically him. And the girlfriend who's in it. Um, so she did a lot of it. And I right. think you can kind of tell because hers, like, because there's a certain start to it, but it does feel like some of the shots they use feel quite uh, photographic, let's say. Um, yes. I quite like the fact they've got like random shots of like the factories or like weird close-ups of certain bits and just, and all that. And I just think that's, I, I don't know, for some reason I just think maybe that's more her. I don't really know why where <laughs> I've got that from. Um but uh yeah, apparently they all like don't talk to each other. But like, everyone hates each other by the end of it. Um and it just has, yeah, this reputation for just like being an awful experience for everyone who was involved <laughs> yeah. in it at any point. Um I that. Yeah. Uh and they don't like to this day as well. <laughs> like not even as if like well, you know, whatever. And apparently, uh yeah, Sukamoto said that at one point he considered just burning the film's negative because he had such a bad time. Wow. It. Shame. Yeah. it's <laughs> like that was how bad it was. Um anyway, so uh basically it, it opens out with um yeah, let's call it the Fetishist, whatever. And this and the kind of opening shot here plays into so you I don't know if you know this, but for my um dissertation for my degree yeah. I talked about the post-human or the trans-human, um, and how it and feminism basically, um, which doesn't isn't quite happening here, but the the idea of the cyborg mm. being the post-human human, yeah. and this kind of works into it a little bit, and you kind of see um, evidence of it in the sense of if you look around his room, there's loads of like pictures of like athletes and things like that. Yeah, so. When you think about that, that's like they're at the peak of human physicality, let's say. Yeah. Like, you know, it can't get any further than like top athletes or whatever. So he's obviously enamored by this kind of, um, you know, but how far the body can go or whatever you could take away from that. Hence, he wants to push it further and he yeah. gets this horrible metal rod. And he very gruesomely. It's very explicit, um, uh, and, I, and I love the way as well. Like, and you'll see this happen often throughout the film, is that when he drives that pipe in, you'll see it like he pushes it in, and then there's like an explosion of blood, like a yeah. release, and that happens again like later on when the guy has it in his face and things are popping and all this stuff. Even that is like sexual. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like this an eruption. It's like this, yeah, an eruption basically coming out, and there's something. Um, cathartic about that in itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, And obviously a pipe, I mean, you see pipes throughout and they're all fucking, you know, sexual, phallic instruments or whatever, anyway, he's sticking it into himself and then it cuts to, I don't know, somewhere down the line and he undoes his straps and you just see all these maggots kind of crawling, so it's got infected. Then he's legging it down the street and that's when he gets hit by the car. But what happens is you see the car come close and then it's got, it comes on with this like jazz music. It's like lounge music and it's kind of sweeping across the headlights and like it says new world comes up at one point, which doesn't come back until the end, but, um, uh, and it's quite weird. What did you think about like that bit? Like what do you think about that segment? Yeah, I, I really liked that. Um, I don't know.
1: I, this is just me. Chucking some ideas out here. I don't know if they're going to be coherent or not. Mm. Um, But it made me think a lot of like post war music in Japan. Okay. Um, Because basically around the sort of like 70s, some of them started adopting more like American, like doo wop, rock and roll, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And by the sort of time that this film was made, it'd been assimilated into like more of a mainstream. Um, sort of Japanese sound. So to me, it feels a little bit like maybe something to do with this, like, yeah, like post-war, um, like, almost like optimism. Because um, generally, I know obviously, like, the theme here is mostly around like relationship with uh, technology. But, and I haven't seen all that much Japanese film, to be honest. But I've read quite a bit of, um, like, novels and bits and pieces Mm. Um some of the best Japanese sort of authors of the eighties like, and nineties, especially someone I like called Kenzaburo oe okay. um and a lot of his stuff is kind of surreal in this fashion, and it's often to do with like guilt and anxiety around the second world war mm. um, and I did notice some stuff that I thought related to like war and conflict comes up later. Mm. um and yeah and i just wondered if this is somehow some sort of reflection on like a new a new dawning like a break with uh, an older generation of uh, of of japan and that mm. this is now now an era of mo- modernity um and it starts with a car crash
0: and a collision mm. it's interesting as well because as i guess it is a piece of technology as well, like crashing into you or whatever, like the car. Um, Killer cars. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's interesting what you're saying about like the World War II thing because there's part of the theme and especially what's happening around films at this time. Like if you look at, it's probably not the best example, but like Akira or something like that, um, where like the future technology is kind of, there's just this fear of technology in Japanese films around, uh, especially around this time when it was all kicking off. Um, and as you said, there's a lot of anxiety about it and people, you know, there was like Hiroshima or whatever and stuff like that. Like people were a little bit, as you said, like anxious, like worried about it. And at the same time, there's also this like a loss of tradition, like, and that's the kind of um, constant um, push and pull, which is like the yeah. Japanese tradition. And the fact that they're on the cutting edge of technology and a lot of the traditional stuff kind of goes out the window. Um, yeah. So and there's it's a sort deep-rooted of, fear there. Yeah,
1: fear about then what that might bring in terms of like these uh, strange sexual uh, behaviours. Mm. But the thing yeah, that made well, exactly. me jump forward and kind of make have that, that thought, connect that dot was the fact that there's a scene later on where somebody's telling him, and I, I assume it's like a flashback, that he's got a piece of metal in his brain and they can't remove mm-hmm. it, and I just thought I, that's like war, okay. war shrapnel. Shard. Yeah, it's shrapnel and it it's and all of this is a result. And that's when it when it starts happening to this guy and he starts turning. Probably the, the I assume that's the fetishist they were talking to. Yeah, and
0: that's, yeah,
1: that's probably what begins his like assimilation of other pieces of metal into his body.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Actually, didn't think about that. Yeah, that is good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the kind of running theme. I was thinking, like, as well, like, when people. I recommend people go back and listen to my thing about uh, the ring, the Japanese one versus the American one, um, and how I actually hated the American one when it first came out, and then I actually think I like it better in retrospect than the Japanese original one. How come? for many reasons which I won't go into now but um, it's, def- it's worth listening to but for that, part of that was me suggesting as well like uh, the Japanese tradition versus technology and all this stuff Um, and that was around this time, I think that was like 91 and this is, uh, what did I say, like 88, 89 uh, 89, yeah so it's kind of it's all happening around this time it's all
1: Do you know how different. old he was when he made this film, the director?
0: I don't, know. Um,
1: let's I'm see, assuming he's a young guy
0: yeah, so he was 29 when he did it. Yeah, relatively young. Yeah, so pretty young, yeah. I mean, he'd done, as I said, done two shorts, but this was his first feature. Um, so then you cut to this, um, and I can't remember what, what in what sequence this happens, but he, it cuts to the salary man, who's actually kind of our main character, kind of from now on. Yeah. Um, and I think... I can't remember if it happens before or after. When do the titles come up? Is it before he's shaving or after? I can't quite remember, remember? either. But it takes ages because I was yeah, trying to get I'm... a screenshot. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I, like, I remember, I remember like yeah. So let's just say it's around now. But I like the way like he's doing this like manic like movements, but it kind of looks like dancing, and it kind of reminded me a bit of um, like Talking Heads or something. Um, yeah. Because he's got, got the glasses uh, on as well. It yeah, looks like have known in Once in a Lifetime video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And um, he's got these kind of like jerky movements, but you could mistake it for dancing. It's really weird. Yeah. And then Tetsuro comes up on these big letters, but it's all like static. And yeah. that kind of comes into play later as well a little bit. So you see, um, it's a cool sense of stylization where you see things through like a TV. Um, yeah and you get static and you as the viewer kind of getting static coming in and they play with static. And sometimes you're looking at static and then a character will come in front of it and all this stuff. So you're not quite sure. Um, and also obviously the it's like technology and all this stuff again. Um, yeah, I love that. And he's like, he's like kind of doing this movement, this dancing whilst it's like saying slowly crawling Tetsuo. And I remember thinking that is such a cool title sequence with the industrial, like rhythm music kind of going on behind it. was like, yeah, I'm in. Uh,
1: (laughs) Another thing I love about that visual of the sort of VHS effect, um, I mean, it's just the variety of um, sequences and kind of like, what do you call it when you um, go from one scene to the other? Transition. That's the one, thanks. (laughs) He really is creative with those. Because sometimes it's like a VHS being rewound. Yeah, um, and it's really disorientating, and it creates this like well, part of that kind of like nightmare. But sometimes mm-hmm. you see things like, um, like you mentioned, all that stuff about he's got all those pictures of sportsmen, Um mm-hmm. they go to like an animation, an animation of like some of those pictures and pages like burning and charring and like disintegrating to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's just a lot of like, yeah, playfulness. It feels like, like really
0: experimenting with what's possible. Yeah, it also feels like every single shot, and I really mean this, every single shot, is considered. So it's a lot of fast cutting, but it's a lot of fast cutting between very specific individual um, shots. So it's not like, you know, you and me are talking and it's just cutting between us two. It's like, it'll be like a close-up of our face doing whatever. Something's on the wall, something's melting, something's growing up from the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Like and all this stuff, but each, like, even if it's like two or three seconds, you could tell a lot of work went into like setting that shot up. And it just looks like hard work. It looks like really (laughs) hard work to have made it. Um, and it's really impressive, uh, how they've been able to do that. Um, but yeah, you've got this like salary man guy, um, who, and again, like he kind of, his apartment is like small. I mean, it's Japan, but like, it's all a bit like, it's not great. It's not like this, uh, you know, lovely place or anything. It's just, it's a bit normal though at this point. Um, and he's kind of going to shave his palm and he sees like a little bit of like a circuit or something, it's like a, from a circuit board, like a fuse or something kind of coming out of his face. And as he's touching, it pops like a spot, but like it's yeah. like blood. He's like, ugh. So and then he's got like a massive plaster on his face. Um, And he goes to a train station on his way to work, you imagine, or whatever. Sits down and there's this like very prim, proper um, woman sitting next to her. And she sees something on the floor and she starts reaching towards it. And then you're like seeing it through a monitor, like firsthand, which is really weird. And then you start seeing shots of this like guy who looks like he's just greased up with oil and just covered in like all this metal and this like weird... Dank, I don't know, like what would you call it, like shell or something, like all this stuff around him. It's Yeah, you can't tell. It's really disorientating. Yeah. And he, yeah, and, and all you can see it's like the back of some guy's head and there's loads of noise that's being made and whatever. Um, And, oh, and yeah, before, well, before that, before he's gone to work, he's like on the phone saying, hello, hello, to his like girlfriend or someone, which is really weird. He's surrounded by cats. And so already you're a bit like, this is weird, because they're just saying hello, hello, or, I think it is anyway, to each yeah. other for like, I want to say like a minute, <laughs> it feels like ages. <laughs> um, And then I was thinking it's like, like I was thinking about that, thinking what, why is it that, and is it, because it's like that lack of human, we kind of all, and this is me really being wacky about it, but like trying to search out for that human kind of connection kind of almost like a radar, like putting yourself out there or something, um, like two ships in the night or whatever, um trying to talk to each other. But also yeah. how I was thinking, is it a case of like the dialogue doesn't matter? I is think is it an art choice to be like
1: I don't know. Well, you're like a comment on the dialogue in this film doesn't matter.
0: And he's putting that out from the offset. Maybe. Maybe it was just the fact that this isn't that kind of film. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I think it creates like a a, a sort of icy mood of like disconnect. Mm. Something feels off, basically. It's like Like these people are not communicating in a normal
0: human way. Yeah, it's funny actually because, yes, because they're humans, but they're actually not, as you said, not connecting and then they do have a bit of dialogue later, actually, where she's like, oh, they're hit and run instant, I'm still thinking about it, or whatever. Um, but it's funny because obviously the technology brings them together in the end. And also, like, that's what ten- technology does these days, isn't it? it brings us together. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit weird. So at first you're like, okay, it's a bit weird. Um, by the way chip in if I've any specific stuff I've forgotten about Um, but yeah so this woman woman, like touches this thing then all of a sudden the guy like turns around and she's scratching her arm like and it's really horrible and that's this thing it's always like it's always something physical and horrible and disgusting kind of going on oh god yeah that was something I wanted to
1: say we've missed it but you know that first scene where he's putting the rod in his leg yeah shortly after that and this is, this is even more unpleasant to me. They do this thing where he's got, and this rod, it's like ridged. Mm. And he just, you see a close-up of it being run through his teeth. Yeah. And it's you like hear the sounds, the little chink, 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 chink. Yeah. And that to me was so visceral and unpleasant. I mean, that was like the proverbial, like, fingers down a chalkboard. except
0: sounds really. like a hundred times worse. I didn't, um, it didn't bother me that much. Oh, the well, thought like
1: metal in your teeth. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a good point. Not
0: like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I thought it was some kind of like, yeah, just to trying to create, well, it does create an effect, but I thought it's like a sound effect kind of thing rather than a, um, no, I got an yeah, emotional, like, got emotional response, response out of, out of me. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah. And this kind of woman goes like zombified basically. And she starts like following him and attacking him and he's like running away. Um, and you've got this cool scene, like he's hiding in a, a toilet, I think it is. And she's like climbing after him, but she, she's getting more and more like robotic. At one point she like squishes her tit till it explodes, um, which is like another like sexual kind of thing. And she is kind of getting a bit like, she does this kind of like weird thing with her chin and her arm, um, which I'm doing to Dan now, but no one else can see it. Um, it's <coughs> like, so she's, she's kind of was all like, Prim and proper to begin with, and now like she's gone a bit like wild, like a frenzied attacker. But there's also something slightly like sexual about yeah. her now that wasn't there before. A macabre um, sexuality, yeah, exactly. Um, and she chases him down, but as she's chasing him, he's like starting to turn more like robotic, <laughs> basically more metal-y, And he's like <laughs> able to like overpower her, basically. And at one point, he gets these like jet shoes. grow through his feet he's got these like fucking what would you call them um like i don't know (laughs) know. something
1: they're like something from a computer game right like exhaust
0: pipes coming out the back of his ankles that allow him to like speed through the streets um yeah and this goes on for a while this little like fight scene stuff um and yeah they're like kind of fighting each other it's all quite bloody and and horrible um yeah he stabs her with a pen i think at some point or whatever um and then and then this is where it starts like that bit's already a bit fucked up but then it starts getting really fucked up (laughs) so (laughs) then um he's is it like he's he's having a dream or something or he thinks it's a dream
1: yeah the fight doesn't really resolve itself but suddenly he's like back in his apartment and so I assumed okay actually all of that episode was was a dream mm. is that your then it,
0: reading of it yeah well yeah I didn't well, this is it I was like okay fine maybe that was a dream but then you've got that bit where he gets sodomized ah yeah so this is, this is, a, this is a dream continu- as well isn't it yeah this is kind of continuing it I believe um I believe this is all one sequence and He's literally on all fours, butt naked. And his girlfriend, who I think has just been introduced by that point, you don't really know who she is, um, but she's the girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, who is the co basically creator, I guess, of this film. Um, if you want to say that, she did, she was the other person holding the camera for a lot of this stuff. Um uh, she has basically, she's all like sexy, and she has a huge pipe for a cog. And it's kind of dancing. She's doing all this like dancing stuff, and she's licking the end of this thing. But it's literally like a pipe, like a fucking um, what would you call it? It's like a it's like a plumbing pipe, like almost like one of those. Um, yeah, it's quite flexible. Yeah, exactly. There's a word for it, and I can't remember what it is. But um, yeah, and anyway, any plumbers like,
1: listening, maybe they can advise. Us. Yeah, certainly. Or they're sexual fetishists.
0: Like, <laughs> they're probably just like it's a pipe. So. <laughs> And then after this kind of like dance thing, and it's all like a bit back and forth and she's teasing him with it. She puts it up his ass, but like it keeps going. <laughs> it doesn't stop. And there's like smoke going on and it's all like, again, sweaty. And it's going in like a fucking train into a tunnel kind of thing. Yeah. It's just constant. And it's like, <laughs> and he's like, ah, whatever and all this stuff. Um, yeah. And I believe that's when he wakes up. Um Yeah, that's when he wakes up. What do you think of all this then? So I was like, I don't know, to be honest. Like, I was like, okay, so that thing at the station is like, something's after him. Okay, cool. Something's controlling someone that's after him, fine. Which I think is part of the actual narrative of the movie. And I was like, this thing with his girlfriend, um, I think plays into something that happens a bit later. And I was like, is it something to do with the fact that he's like, maybe conflicted about his sexuality, maybe. And the reason I say that is because later on down the line, spoiler, I mean, it's all spoiler, his girlfriend basically disintegrates and gets rebuilt as the fetishist. Yeah. He's like got flowers and wearing makeup and all this stuff. And then they talk about being in love with each other and all this. And I'm like, is this him dreaming of his girlfriend, like sodomizing him because, you know, that's what he wants? I don't know. Um, and this, maybe that's all part of this whole thing, possible. I was thinking, is it literally this kind of, the sub nature of like a BDSM kind of um, thing that he's kind of toying with, um, and that the metal, again, is kind of playing its part. Like maybe they're, him and this other guy are both sexually inclined to be dominated by this, metal stuff which we find for the fetishist guy later on down the line is actually associated with being beat by a metal rod which I think it was actually because if you see with that bit which we well I was going to it now but with the homeless guy he has this rod and he like twists it between where his dick is basically and he beats him with it and I was like has he did he like basically get molested or raped or whatever as a kid and He's remembering it as this metal rod, or maybe a metal rod was used or something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, interesting. And he's like he's it's warped him in some way, and he's got like this fetish now. It's kind of sexualized a inanimate metal object for him. And maybe him and this other guy I don't know, are the same person, or they have the same kind of interests yeah. and they're finding each other. Um yeah, because that metal pipe that he uses is the same
1: one that, that he uh, inserts in his leg. Yeah, or at least it looks the same, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, interesting ideas. Yeah. One thing's
0: for sure, yeah. he loves a bit of pegging. Yeah, well, exactly, he's dreaming of it. Though it doesn't look like he's enjoying it that much at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so he wakes up and then you get this, like, and this is the bit that always stands out in my head, basically. Um, They are like a sexually charged couple. Um, And they're like, at one point they're eating food and she's like eating a sausage and making it all sexy and stuff, Um, which is a bit weird. And then he gets like, as he's kind of watching this, his dick turns into a pneumatic drill. (laughs) Um, A drill, I should say. And it's like huge, it's massive. And it kind of goes through the table. And then he like runs off to hide. And she's a bit like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, I can take it. You know, I don't, I want to be with you whatever and all this stuff. And again, like you kind of get a feeling that like she's into it. Like she doesn't know what it is, but whatever it is, she's kind of into. So there's this weird, again, like sexual kick thing with it. Um, Yeah. There's a fear,
1: but also a uh, excitement about this sort of like, some sort of burgeoning sexuality that's occurring between them
2: and is yeah, this around exactly. the time
1: that he first acknowledges something like this is happening as punishment for what we did yeah it's like this is this is someone's revenge or whatever yeah, this it's punishment so um, this is when they first allude to like they've done something and we're being punished for it but we don't yeah. know what yet
0: yeah we've not we've figured it out quite yet um and yeah and this kind of again is I was thinking goes back to what I was kind of saying before about, is this to do with his like sexuality and, um, you know, or a kink that he's into that she's like, okay, cool. Like I want to share this with you kind of thing, but it's his like shame or something like that. He's considers mm-hmm. it a shame. I don't know. He's literally hiding in a closet or whatever. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, um, I think she like pushes the door down or whatever. And then he like starts getting really into it. Um, And it starts getting a bit, like, forceful. And he's like, you know, you wanted it, you said you are into it, or whatever. Um, And then he, like, he's realising he's, like, getting really close to hurting her. And he's kind of, like, backing away, like, oh, no, you know, what am I doing kind of thing. And then they start kind of getting it on again. It starts getting, like, sexual and all this. Basically, he, she's, like, sitting on him, his dick is hard again, or whatever, Turns into this drill and he basically drills to her um, <laughs> between her legs and kills her. Or at least you think he's yeah. killed her. Um and yeah, you're just like, fuck. So he puts her in a bath. At this point, he is like, and during the fight as well, he's just become more metal. Like he is now, shit's growing from him. It's starting to like really cover his body properly now. And there's this cool shot, and I fucking love this shot. Where it kind of slows down and the music's going and there's loads of steam, it's loads of steam and smoke or whatever, like going on all the time. And he stands up and all his body's kind of jagged, where he's like got this bits of metal on under his whatever shirt and all this. And it's all over his face and he's like jerking up. And as he's kind of standing up and it's all slow-mo, you just see his drilled dick just standing there. <laughs> he's like, Rrr. And I was like, Fucking hell, that is a cool shot. It just looks fucking horrible and ridiculous and weird at the same time, And it just makes you sit back and go like, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) (laughs) It starts to look a bit like
1: some really early, like really early German expressionism. Mm. Like, especially where they had to put like a lot of makeup on these guys, like the silent ones. Everything like really high contrast and just a bit like, like it's all going to fall off any second as well
0: yeah it's true um so around this time the fetishist is basically like exposes himself essentially and it's like i think he calls him and he's like yeah um you know guide <laughs> you killed me or whatever and then you see like the flashes because you kind of got flashes of this um uh throughout the film you have these flashes of them having sex against a tree you're not really sure what you're looking at and then they show the sequence of events, um, which is basically, yeah, they hit him with the car, put him in the boot, dumped his body, and then had sex in front of his dead body. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you're like, oh, okay, cool. So that's this is what's happening. Um, so, go on. Have you seen or read Crash? Yes, uh, the book, sorry. Yes, I've read it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read it, sorry. No, I did read it, yeah. actually. I've definitely seen the film and I did read it as well.
1: same sort of concept isn't it and what's that song um warm leatherette what's that so it was a song by um what's he called fad gadget <laughs> not fad gadget it was the chap it was the chap who set up mute records right. daniel miller and he produced all the early depeche mode
0: okay
1: had a big like, underground hit with warm leatherette which is based on that that book which uh. is basically like the sexual uh, excitement derived from being mm. in a car after a crash and, like, feeling the warm leatherette mm. and, like, the twisted
0: metal and all this sort of thing. Well, that was, um, I know J.G. Ballard did the book, but I think, wasn't that Cronenberg who did that film? I think so, yeah. Which the make sense. Right. Um, and I remember that was one of the, if I remember rightly, it's got, um, what's his name, Stargate guy. It was also I don't know. annoy me but basically uh christopher uh, i've got someone out there shouting it shouting me at it um christopher robin but, no <laughs> christopher robin <laughs> probably but she very
1: out. um she very clearly gets excited by the whole thing because mm. then yeah. they're like oh my god like do it here now by the tree yeah and they're um, like they're looking right at
0: him as they're kind of
1: doing it yeah um, and then that kind of, like, ties into what he said earlier. Like, this is our punishment for, for that.
0: Yeah. And the fact that she's like, I can't stop thinking about it or whatever. Like, she's still, like, getting a kick outfit. Um yeah. You know, so, oh, it's weird. Um, so, the, yeah, so then the girlfriend wakes back up and starts attacking him again. But then she basically dissolves into this weird goo and gets built back up to be the fetishist who's, yeah, come with flowers and makeup like it's a date or something. It's really cool, um, that sequence. She's cool. already been decorated. Her body in the bath has
1: been decorated by flowers. That's right, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool, interesting. Like the, everything's metallic and industrial, but he puts all these flowers on her dead body. But then when she assimilates, re-assimilates into the fetishist character, he's like
0: holding them like a bunch of flowers. That's a good point, actually. That's cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Yeah, and then basically, from here on to the end of the film, it's a battle sequence, essentially, where they kind of chase each other with their, like, jet boot ability stuff. Um, And, yeah, the fetishist guy, we kind of get flashbacks. I think it's a very good flashback to the doctor guy who's just like, um, yeah, like... (laughs) As you said, you've got the shrapnel in your brain. He says something yeah. else as well. I can't remember. Um, he basically says, I can't remove it. If I remove it, it'll kill you. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. Um, Who do you think he's talking to? I thought he's talking to that fetishist character.
0: Yeah, that's what I presumed as well. That's why I presumed. Because we're seeing all that stuff from his, from this weird like TV style um, way of watching it. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, you get that sequence with the hobo and he's kind of, like, remembering this stuff as he's chasing him, which is a bit weird in itself, but um, he's, like, he's this- getting all, like, messed up. He hits, like, a bin or something at one point. But that's cool yeah. as well. Like, when he's, like, coming in to, like, when I think, like, earlier on it was, and it's, like, everything he's going past, all the metal is getting, like, scrunched up, like, the bikes are going, or to- like, he's affecting the metal world around him. Or whatever. Yeah. Just that sequence in itself, I was just like, that's fucking cool. Yeah.
1: It is exciting like this visually it's really stimulating all of this stuff.
0: they're rushing around and um
1: I thought thinking back to what you said about like the uh elite athlete <laughs> aspect
0: mm.
1: it's quite cool now you see him at times he's dressed like a like a runner mm. a fetishist yes, Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy. like he's got a marathon runner's vest on, and the it's like really animated, so it's kind of like he's just like whizzing along. <laughs> Yeah, on like rampways and things, as if he's on a skateboard, but he's not. He's just like held in in a pose, and he's been like animated to so, like we'll go
0: wee <laughs> Yeah, go across the screen. Yeah, that's a good oh. point. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's still obsessed with this, like the most perfect human or whatever. It's kind of you know the post-human. Um, yeah, thing I was talking about earlier. Um, basically, like I, I, you could go into detail here with this bit, but they. Amalgam, they basically fight each other, but they're both like the salary man guy is just getting more and more metal. The first guy, like, seems to control the metal, he doesn't seem to be necessarily made of that much metal until he until this fight really. And then he basically kind of gets absorbed and they break away and they come back together again. And they get kind of instead of like beating each other, they go through this like smushing. <laughs> of um (laughs) of metalness and then there's a bit um where it kind of it's just them two as humans like in this dark space like floating around and that jazzy music kind of comes back and it's almost like they're in this like like in this different world now they're in a different state of being they've like transcended yeah physical realm and there's such now their souls are like entwined yeah, but it also um,
1: feels very like something from a like romance movie, like they're drifting mm-hmm. together, and like they're going to kiss at any
0: moment. Yeah, and this is well, this is where it gets really homoerotic, and there's lines about saying like, "How about how um, they like they they want to show the world their love for each other or whatever, something like that." Um, so it's very I think specific it says, now. I think
1: because this that line was really jarring, and obviously we're only seeing it in translation, but um, yeah, it's something like. We, we like hate this world and we're going to conquer it with our love for
0: each other. That's right, yeah. I was like, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's why like I was thinking, oh, it's like, it's a homosexual thing or something like that. Don't know. But maybe it's not. I don't, I don't know. But that's kind of, I suppose, you know, you can read whatever you want into it. But yeah, yeah. by this point, he's grown, they've grown, <laughs> it looks so fucking weird. The salary man is now just like half a fucking face basically coming out of this body at the bottom is huge. It's like the size of a car or something. Um, and he's like, he's like, looks in so much pain, so straining, but he's like, he's got his eyes closed. like, uh, I feel great. This is brilliant or whatever. And then this guy it's randomly just like at the top, like the, like on a fucking cake or something with a gun, (laughs) with just a gun out at the side, which I was sort of thought just looks fucking weird. Um, and yeah, he seems to be the better off, of the two,
1: put it that way. Um, it's horrible when he's going, yeah, I'm loving this. And there's like all this stuff
0: dribbling out of his mouth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's really gross. Like the whole thing is just horrible and gross. But yeah, you're right. Cause he feels like, like he's the guy on the like, end of the human centipede. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like he's got like metal like teeth or something, like a metal rack of, it's like everything's like, basically because it's black yeah. and white it just looks great um, very visceral and uh, yeah it's just insane just the whole thing's insane and then basically then they're like yeah we're going to take on the world and they fly through the streets as this being um, just taking on the world as like as one single entity we're going to make it rust yeah that's right yeah um, and then that's it it's the end of the film it's what did you think insane. about um
1: during that whole sequence he specifically mentions that he his very cells got infected because he inserted a rusty pipe so he said the rust spread throughout my cells he said you used a very used a clean shaver with clean metal yeah and i wondered I... why he pointed out that specific difference between the way they'd both been affected.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I reckon, um, if I had to put a, I reckon it's a class commentary thing uh, Mm about saying that he had like, he's a salary man with a good job or whatever. Um, and he was like the common, like, no, because when you see him at the beginning, like he's, he looks like a worker basically, if I remember rightly, he's kind of walking along, um, in the, within the factories or whatever. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. maybe it's a case of like, you know, we're from different classes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I
1: didn't, so salary man is like middle-class white-collar worker. Yeah. Jargon, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't even thought about that, but now you've mentioned that. I mean, that's another obvious reading. It's like class class divide. And then at the end of it, actually, you know, Japan, post-war Japan is going to be... Industrialized, the middle classes and the workers. Um, we're going to bloody oh, yeah. take it to the world, but you know, take up arms and go for it. Um,
0: well, yeah. not take up I arms, but
1: like produce a lot of like VHS <laughs> <Thank> players.
0: <everyone. laughs> yeah, well, all right, yeah. Um, and cars, as well, as well. I think it's also to do with the murder, like American Psycho style. Like he got away of oh, well. I say that as a reference, but it was kind of ambiguous. But um, the sense that he could get away with, you know, killing someone like that because he's rich and he was poor. So, you know, he was just a mm. nothing. Um, but, yeah, it's quite interesting. But they've all ended the same way. They've both ended the same way, which is in this hulking mass of metal. Um, it's really difficult to describe. I don't, know if it, I don't even know if anyone's not seen this film. I don't even know if it... Sounds good to them or not, but um, (laughs) it's yeah, it's definitely like well worth um, well worth checking out. I mean, as 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 Dan said, I clearly have a lot of love for this film for a very long time, Um, and yeah, there's nothing bit where the thing goes up his ass. Uh, Yeah, well, it's one of the highlights for
2: sure. Um, Did
1: you go? Oh my god, someone's actually put it on screen. That's
0: uh, that dream I have every night. I didn't know if someone filmed this. <laughs> oh, this is a private thing. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great, great, uh, great movie. So that's basically like the. All I've got to say about it. There was two films, um, two sequels, a uh, Tetseo two and three, um, of which I saw neither. <laughs> really, um, you haven't 2, seen them? Yeah, I no, I haven't seen them. So te- bear I'm in shocking. mind, like, um, to Tetseo two, Body Hammer was ninety two. And Tetsuo the Bullet Man was 2009, which is obviously a huge one. People have said that Tetsuo the Bullet Man is just utter garbage. A lot of people like Tetsuo 2, Body Hammer. There was obviously more of a budget. I believe it's in color. Um, There's a lot more kind of, it's more of a film, basically. Obviously, it's not like an art house um, thingy. Um, But at the time when I got Tetsuo, Tetsuo 2 was very hard to get hold of. Um, Because bear in mind, like this, when I got this DVD, it would have been two thousand, because I had it on VHS. Actually, I don't know. If, I don't think I had it on DVD. So it I think it was like, a video. Yeah, so it probably would have been early two thousands, like maybe earlier.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think we watched it. It would have been like ninety nine two thousand.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you think like back at that time, it was it was just hard to get hold of anything. Um, yeah, like that, and you had to pay like a yeah. lot of money as well to kind of get those films. And there was, I think it was Tartan, I don't know if they're still around anymore. Um, released a whole bunch of that yeah. stuff, and a lot of it, I believe, is off the back of J Horror. So, like, The Ring, and I don't know, whatever, Dark War and all this shit, whatever. Um, so yeah, no, wait, The Ring was like, was The Ring late 90s? I can't remember, anyway, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I still need to see Body Hammer. I'd still go and watch it. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to see Tetsuo, again, it's only just over an hour. Um, I think it will change your life. <laughs> hmm. What do you reckon, I don't
1: like the sound of these sequels, really. But what I like about this film is that, you know, we, we have sort of like probed a little bit into the ins and outs and particulars of what's going on. Um, But... If you did that too much, then it starts to become like a sci-fi or something. And what's beautiful about this is that it's all just representative of uh, some you know themes that we've sort of like tried to, tried to draw out here. Um, but yeah, you can watch it and, like you said, you can enjoy it almost like a free-form music video. It's one long flowing surreal piece of horror. Really, um, love the visuals. Love the like visual invention. All that aesthetics. Brilliant keeps you like basically every scene keeps it interesting because it's always moving and presenting it in a different way
0: hmm.
1: um i think i would have i would have chopped it i could have done without the last 20 minutes to be honest um okay, really? even even though again like obviously it's uh imp- important for sort of like wrapping up the thematic story um that's the point where it started to maybe drag a little bit. Cause it's like, oh, they're fighting again, coming away, fighting again, coming away. Um, it feels very for manga, me,
0: like that part.
1: Yeah, that's it. it. It ends nicely for me, like the revelation of the fact that they watched that guy die and then him sort of like manifesting himself um, out of the dead girlfriend's body. I was like, okay, that feels like a natural end. And then we get quite a lot of this like fighting and, yeah, like you say, a manga. Or for me, I was like, this feels like harking back to like an old Godzilla movie or something almost. These guys in costumes mm. battling it out. And even though like, yeah, visually it's all really cool and arresting, starts to get a little bit fatigued and some diminishing returns there. Um But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you needed bits of that, but maybe that could have been a bit shorter. But all in all, yeah, really enjoyed it. A, a really unusual
0: film, really... uh Really unique. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Um, I've really got a nerd's corner or anything for that or any any reviews. Um, I don't know if you've got any, Damn, No.
2: I hate it.
0: So here's one by Chainsaw Charlie. Title of don't bother. I've seen some rubbish in my time, but this is way up there at the top of the pile. Don't even waste your money renting it. At one point in film, the main character asks, what is happening to me? And then, I don't understand what is going on. He's not the only (coughs) one. (laughs) I could see no point in this film whatsoever. I think the only reason it's got a high rating by other reviewers is because it's one of those types of movies that film buffs just love to praise, especially when it's Japanese or Korean, etc. Avoid it. You'll thank me that you did. And then another one is a foul pet subject, not for me not sure what prompted me to, to but this but and that's right i've got that's exactly what it says not sure what prompted me to butt this but i hated it don't have time to describe how odd/awful this movie was
1: not for him. i hate when people <laughs> when people take a quote from a film like that like someone said i didn't understand what was happening <laughs> well i didn't understand either awful yeah thinking
0: they're uh, funny with it
1: Awful. Um, Shall we go to Nerd's Corner? So, the um, soundtrack for this album by Chu Shikawa Mm. uh, was first released in 1992 on compact disc. Listen to these titles Megatron. Brilliant. The Sixth Tooth right R- uh something in Japanese, I'm not even gonna try uh mausoleum okay. lost
0: dinosauroid, okay, yeah, and a burned figure, right, I don't know what I don't know what any of those could relate to, yeah, it's because funny, isn't it? thinking like
1: what's huh? what scene's that from yeah. um it's been reissued a few times on c d blah blah blah, but it got a vinyl um pressing in 2016 okay uh unofficial though sam so counterfeit but people want the vinyl right um and that's got really cool cover it's a picture of um the fetishist with like big wide open eyes it looks really like late 70s early 80s punk right with all this like wire all around him and stuff Um, yeah, first time final issue of the cult cyberpunk movie soundtrack, Tetsuo. Um, that's one thing we haven't mentioned is this like labelling of the film as cyberpunk. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about it earlier. Um, I kind of understand why people might think it. Um, I guess like it's not really set in the future, which a lot of cyberpunk usually is. It's also not really like computer-ish. It's not technology in a sense of actual technology, like yeah. AI or chips that will make you do stuff, whatever is more a, a physicality thing to do yeah. with metal. Um, uh, yeah. So it's, it's more like
1: in- industrialization rather than computerization.
0: Yeah. And the punk, like, and I, I mean, like, I don't have a hard definition of cyberpunk, but. Um, the idea of it, a bit punky in the sense of it being like, okay, it's edgy. It's like a little bit, I don't know, like rock and roll or whatever. If you want, to, It's a bit of a lame dad term, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's, it's the fact that it's kind of punk, but you know what I mean? It's just got, it's just supposed to have like that bit of edge, that bit of like buzz or something. Yeah. It's supposed to be a bit different from the norm. It's kind of got that, I'd say it's got that, that kind of punky edge. It feels very sweaty and greasy and whatever, but the cyber thing just doesn't really fit. Um, Yeah. Like industrial punk or whatever, maybe. But yeah, I think as far as the term cyberpunk and what's usually associated with it, um, it doesn't really fit. And also I think of cyberpunk as like bright colors. It's not normally black and white and dour. It's like, um, it's a bit more like neon and like flash to it rather than this which is completely opposite. Yeah, I agree with you. I think
1: to call it cyberpunk's a bit of a misnomer and a little bit reductive. It's sort of like when people will say 1984 is a sci-fi novel. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> like
0: yeah, you've kind I of kinda missed kinda the point. See, yeah, I can see why you're saying it, but is it <laughs> is it really? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, people like to just put things in a box. I mean, if anything I'd say it's a horror film. Like Oh uh, yeah. Okay, you know. The
1: horror of what, though? The horror of what? Is the whole thing an it's allegory political. just for? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but is it like what actually? What are they banging on about here? Is it? It's an allegory. I feel like it's an allegory for some sort of like post-war anxiety about Japan's place in the world, and
0: winding up with weird, some sort of weird sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I I mean, I'd say maybe it's broader in a sense of it's a social critique on, um, yeah, like the rise of technology, but also like the kind of Japanese suppressed sexuality stuff that's kind of as part of their culture as well, Mm. Um, or at least our interpretation of their culture. Um, And yeah, I think it might be just a bit Maybe I'm just thinking of it like as more of a general thing, maybe rather than post, but it both works, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, but I kind of saw it more as that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it kind of fits in now as much as ever. Like the fact, and that's the kind of joke I was making at the top of this thing, which is the fact that we're trying to like constantly entwine, like we have a done it for ages, but entwine ourselves into technology and hook ourselves up and try and make ourselves better by, you know, pushing technological limits, whether it be through, you know, performance enhancers or stuff like that. Or, you know, you know when people, you see like Oscar Pistorius or whatever, like he runs faster than a, a, a what? He's in jail. <laughs> I don't know if he's the best example.
1: Because
0: I, can't, I can't think of anyone else. Oscar but basically... Pistorius who uh, killed his wife. Killed his, killed, wife, killed, his yeah, killed his girlfriend um, <laughs> but he's the only person I know that's got like no legs but has those um, artificial ones that run faster yeah. um than a person can yeah. machine yeah, yeah. Um, I mean again that's not it's not necessarily a, it's, it is a technological thing but um, yeah I don't know when weird, will
1: people it? wake up and you know take on board the message we've seen it here we have seen it in Terminator 2 we've even seen it in the bloody lawnmower man (laughs) 1 and (laughs) 2 people they just they cannot stop their relenting
0: pursuit of synthesising a new a new Cyberman. yeah it's the future Dan but that's the thing this takes it on a very base level like it's not like we're in a clean room and I've been uploaded to the thing this is like I'm going to shove a piece of metal in me and keep shoveling metal into my skin until I become a robot. Out my ass, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, yeah, what a great cool. film. Well, yeah, and it's good. like you
1: said, it hasn't really hasn't really aged too badly because it's so heavily stylized and it's got its own look, so still relevant today. Mm. Still looks good today. So
0: mm. yeah, it's kind of timeless. Uh, really, yeah. like it's not really anything like Casablanca. Of, exactly, Casablanca and Tetsu. Brothers in Arms Um, (laughs) Of course that's it So thanks for listening guys Um, Yeah check out Tetsuo And uh, what are we doing What are we doing next week Let's keep it a surprise And tune in And you'll find out Um, Bye everyone Bye thank you for listening to oddcast movies music and gaming if you want to get in touch with us or get a movie album or game put on our list to discuss then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a podcast at gmail.com this is part of a new winter podcast network so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows you can also follow us on instagram at anewwinter twitter at winter, and you can head on over to our patreon page patreon.com slash anewwinter thanks for listening and see you again soon